Today's guest is Richard Purd. Purd? Is that how you say it? Purd? <laughs> it's Purd, yeah. Purd, okay. <laughs> Richard Purd uh, on confidence culture. Uh, Richard, well, let me say this. I was very impressed by his being. Like, he's a fucking man. And in a way that <laughs> not everyone is. The laughter in the background is Aaron, who's still Hello. here. Aaron's still visiting. So Aaron actually connected me with Richard. Aaron's done some work with Richard. We spoke a lot about, you know, pickup and stuff. I mean, like, the problems with it. But I was really most interested in his background as what us Yankees would call a bouncer. He's calling a doorman. Yeah. Working in nightclubs as security. And like really coming face to face with violence. And we spoke about martial arts a bit and like we spoke about a lot of things. We went on a few yeah. tangents. Masculinity. Authenticity. Yeah. Man, man stuff. So this, this was fun. He doesn't have a website yet because it seems like his business is one of these secret things you need a special invite for. But it does sound very cool. And when I'm in Sydney, I definitely want to check his stuff out personally. Right now, do you have any add, Aaron, since you're here? This is uh, episode one five. Ah, fuck you. It's, this is episode <laughs> zero five nine Confidence Culture featuring Richard Purd and Aaron. Goodbye! You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. I'm glad to have you on, Rich. Uh, as I just mentioned, Aaron has spoken very highly of you. Uh, it's probably a lot of things we could speak about, men, stuff, your work. But um, he just mentioned that you have a bunch of experience with cults, as do I. And I'd love to hear how that transitioned into your work. Look, I guess it depends how you define a cult. Um, but I know at one point in my life, uh, everyone was warning me, don't do that, it's a cult. Don't do this, it's a cult in terms of um, like a lot of the spiritual and uh, different frameworks that are out there. So I thought, fuck it, I'll go join as many cults as I can find because I figured at least that way they'll they'll counteract each other and I won't get indoctrinated <laughs> into anyone. Uh, so yeah, I was going to like Bible college, shaman school. I didn't join Scientology, but I got the DVDs. <laughs> stuff, man. Like I was in 12-step fellowships as well for and still continue to be a little bit. Uh, it's part of my story. But uh, yeah, just a bunch of stuff, man. Yeah, what were you looking for in these cults? I think I was I was lucky, probably a blessing and a curse that I I managed to make a mess of my life pretty efficiently by the the age of twenty three. I was kind of a professional shit show, and I'd fucked a lot of, you know, I didn't even want to be here. I didn't feel like um, I was ever going to change and. When I say blessing and a curse, it was kind of that realization that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And so I had to find answers elsewhere. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah, it was cool. Cool, cool. Uh, I was just looking for a way out, man. But I think for a long time, I was looking for the answer or the book or the teacher or the path or the, you know, the system, the religion. But but I think since then I've realized there is no one for everybody and you just got to find, you know, what works for you. And it may be for a little bit or for a longer bit. But, uh, yeah. I might say a few things that I've kind of read heaps of different stuff and done course. So sometimes I don't remember exactly where it comes from. <laughs> um, but there's a, there's an idea. I think it's, it's come out of um, like the yoga teachings. But apparently the job of the guru is to eventually disappoint you mm. and to let you down. So in that way, you, you learn that you don't need a guru and you don't need the master and that you've got to be your own kind of guru. <laughs> Something that's cool yeah. too. That's actually very Sith. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're talking about the Sith stuff, like uh, 
part of the Sith uh, in that mythology is the apprentice has to kill the master at some point. That's how it works. Yeah, right. so, yeah. I get that. Yeah, so I mean, I, I won't go into it, but I, I was in a call for two years. I joined when I was 23, also looking for answers. And it was one of the, you know, it did transform me in a very positive way. Um, so I'm actually, but I have been curious. I mean, I'm not going to join other cults because I, you know, I don't have all that time to spare. I am curious, oh, like, so what the differences. Sorry? I'm going to stop my own. <laughs> right, right, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a sec. Uh, yeah. But in the ones that you, you joined or dabbled in, like, what, like, similarities and differences do you see? Maybe in the way they did things, but also also in the ideologies. I'm sure they all had something good to share. I think when it starts to get interesting is when they start telling you that it's um, you've got to do it their way, and if you do it any other way than their way, then you're going to end up whether it's hell or not enlightened or you're not going to get the kind of secret knowledge. And when people start saying that, I start thinking, fuck off, <laughs> you know, they're full of shit. Uh, I, I was sitting in like a conference room in Egypt in, the, in a fancy hotel and uh, we'd just driven past like extreme poverty to get there and there's this bunch of like, you know, self-proclaimed ascended masters. And um, I remember just sitting there thinking, well, because the whole talk that day had been on, if you don't follow this path, well, you're not going to make it into the kind of higher levels of heaven or some shit. And I remember just sitting there thinking, well, if heaven's full of these guys, then like, fuck that. These guys are wankers, you know? <laughs> and I, I got back and, and left that that system. But yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so your cult is not someone through cult then. And I guess you advertise that. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Your oh, cult. Not not. True. Yeah. No, nah, mine's not going to get you anywhere. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that. What's that Marxist? It's a Groucho Marx or some quote. It's like I don't want to be a member of any group that will have me as a member. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yourself, yeah. How did you end up at twenty-three? It's pretty similar to myself. Like, how come you were looking for answers so early on? Uh, yeah, I was also like kind of just confused. I was in. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd left corporate America uh, maybe six months before, like following my bliss, reading all the self-help books. And then I found that, you know, they missed out some big pieces, which is like the amount of pain you experience when you go off on your own. Like no, no book ever explained that to me. So I was broke. I was confused. I had some like psychosomatic problems. Uh, and I was like totally disconnected. So I mean, I was, yeah, I was looking for answers and I, I did find answers uh, both because of them and in spite of them, I'd say. Yeah, it was what, great. What, what made you hard to go though? Like, how come you? How come you left? How come you didn't drink the Kool Aid? Uh, I was like, I, I went in there like thinking it'd be an investment. I mean, I stayed there a year longer than I planned on initially, but they basically yeah. got to the point where they were like, uh, "If you want to go deeper, you have to commit your whole life." And I was like, ah, <laughs> you know. But if they didn't say that, honestly, I, I might have, you know, I might have stayed another two years in it. I don't know because I was having a great time <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So now you, you know how to tweak your sales pitch when you know how to tweak your sales pitch when you when you do your own. <laughs> don't yeah, don't I, I, had people. To, I had to drop some things. There's some good stuff I learned. Yeah. I, I was I was I asked you about the, the similarities because someone explained to me, at least in America, maybe it's not true in Australia, but all the cults and self-help groups are part of like this family tree. 
like starting with the Church of Satan of all things. And like it branches off into the Mansa family and the landmark education and the stuff that I did. And like even like regular corporate trainings, like pretty much anything that starts with follow your heart actually started with the Church of Satan in America, at least, which is just a funny it's a funny thing if you go all the way back, like I think into the 40s or something. Interesting. Yeah, I went into yeah, and I, I use cult like jokingly, um, but probably the other the other piece of the puzzle, I guess, is um, when people are like tolerating or doing things they wouldn't normally do because they'd rather because if they speak up or they they say what they really feel, then there's going to be consequences. That makes sense. Mm, yeah. So people let shit slide because they want to stay on the good side, you know. And I think yeah. when that's happening, that's 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 dangerous territory. Totally, totally. Um, so how did you transition to that? Leader, leader, the whole leader thing is fucking weird as well. Like the whole, the leader, I don't understand. I don't think people are supposed to be in charge of other people. Um, I had a friend, like, this is actually when I was in rehab at 22. Uh, he'd been a Vietnam vet, um, but he was, he was a, a medic attached to an infantry unit. And so he'd seen some pretty gnarly stuff. He had two tours of Vietnam, but he's one day, you know, it was, it was a pretty deep conversation. And he said, Richard, we're not supposed to be in control or power over other people. And he'd seen people do crazy shit, you know, in terms of soldiers that were good, good people doing crazy shit when they were put in a position where they could, could you know, but we're not supposed to give our power to other people. And I think it's very rare that people that when power is given to them, that they can have that emotional stability or responsibility not to abuse it. And you see that in politics, fucking rock stars and spiritual movements, you know, like why do they always end up having sex with fucking little kids and <laughs> stealing yeah. people's money? It's fucking weird. You know? <laughs> like what's going on? Yeah. yeah. I forget who said it. I don't know if it was Oscar Wilde or something who, uh, if you want to see what a man's really like, give him power. Cause that's, yeah. you know, he doesn't give a shit anymore. Um, I, so I don't want that. I want to start my own cult, but I don't want to really want to be the leader cause I'll just fuck it up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, obviously we're using cult kind of jokingly too, but how did you go from all this searching to creating this, you know, cults that you're, you're, you're creating? Yeah. I checked. Look, um, and I don't know what we're, what we're doing, what we're creating. It's kind of happened, you used the word earlier, kind of organically. Um, I was, I got obsessed. I've just got obsessed, man, with self-development. And again, it was that kind of not knowing or feeling there was one path. So I thought, fuck it, I'll just do all of them. <laughs> so I was, you know, yeah, just trying to do all of them at once. And uh, that, that took me into some of the, the dating stuff and, and, um, ended up working for a guy in Sydney who's pretty pretty well known, but left him and yeah, just someone asked for help and ended up helping them and then kind of it, it's just happened, man. It's um, it feels right. People seem to be like enjoying the experience and getting some growth, and I've got a bit of a different spin on it, probably because of all those other experiences. And uh, yeah, where it goes, I'm not 100 percent sure yet. So yeah. Yeah, can you speak about like maybe like the you know what is it the conference culture does? Well, yeah, we've been calling it confidence. I started calling it confidence cult, <laughs> and I was like blatantly, yeah, this is going to be a cult. But then I've had some marketing guys that were members suggest that I shouldn't call it a cult. 
<laughs> so I said, I will fuck it. I'll call it confidence culture. But just so you guys know, it's a cult, you know? But, um, <laughs> it's still technically in the name. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. right there in the culture bit. And look, I, I do joke about it because I, I, yeah. I shouldn't joke yeah. about it because I know there are these dark stuff. But I, and when I say cult, just a group, man. But, but why does a cult have to be a bad thing? And I guess the culture is a good word. It's that more like community, but not 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 trying to take anything. Like, yeah, you know, you've got to charge people f- for energy exchange or time or whatever. Like, you've got to make it viable. But I'm just tired of everyone's kind of fucking trying to use other people or just take stuff. Like, can one of the main values be just giving more than you take? Like, undersell, over-deliver is important to me. Um, yeah, I try to always do that. What else? I guess mixing those different experiences. I think there's a lot of bullshit out there, particularly in the kind of, you know, whatever you want to call it, pick up, dating, um, men's work. There's a lot of bullshit. I think there's a lot of lies. And I don't think it's necessary because I, I do believe, fuck, what's possible is amazing. I, I came from a place where I was essentially felt worthless, felt suicidal, um, didn't think life there was any point for me continuing to stay in the game and um, I did and, and yeah and, and so now look I'm still a work in progress but I do I know I know for a fact it's possible to change but I didn't know that at one point and so and I guess that's the family story that life's a struggle and doesn't matter what you do you don't get ahead or people don't change but I know for a fact that people can change and so I guess I want to share that so mm-hmm. But I'm not selling this weird magic beans, do a three-day boot camp, and then you'll be having threesomes and fucking models. And for starters, like, I don't really even want that. And part of that's from working in nightclubs for a long time. There's, there's a lot of kind of ugly, pretty people. But um, I just think there's a lot of, like, weird boyish fantasy shit that people are, like, playing into and they're marketing these ideas. And uh, even if people got that, which most of them aren't, like they'd realize pretty quick that it's a load of shit anyway, for the most part. Mm. And not saying that models can't be beautiful people. Apparently, I want to meet Megan Fox because apparently she just spends all her spare time reading literature. And yeah. uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, I mentioned a little bit, I yeah. think it was uh, about like de, de pickupping him or like, uh, am I mixing things up? Wait, what's this? Like uh, taking you out of like a pickup-y... Oh, yeah, de-programming de- yeah. uh, from, from sort of oh, pickup yeah. mindset. Because, uh, yeah, you don't even realise... It's almost like it fits into, like, your pre-existing worldviews for a lot of guys, which is, like, a worldview of, like, scarcity and rather than, like, abundance mentality or especially the I'm not enough stuff. Like, the if you've learned in childhood that you're not enough and you think you have to do something extra, pickup's great because it tells you exactly what the fucking guidebook is that you can add on top of your personality in order to be be the guy that, like, you see in the movies or whatever it is, like the, the, the boys' fantasies. Yeah. But that- the problem with that is it's still, it's, it's almost like a detachment, you know, like it's saying that who you were yeah. wasn't enough. And... um so I think it's more about like transformation and then, yeah, then I don't like that fake it till you make it, you know, because even if you make it, you're still faking it. And who wants to make it? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I, so I, what do you do with a guy like that who is convinced that he's not enough? 
he's maybe done pickup stuff or, or not, but like, how do you, how do you convince the guy? I'm like, I'm hearing like guys listen to this, like, well, I really am not enough. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, what do you, what do you do with something like that? Um, what did we do, Aaron? I think I started uh, by telling him to shut the fuck up. With you and, uh, and the stuff that happened of like, we've been talking about rites of passage and a couple of other like segments and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And there's an yeah. element of that in masculine culture of like ego invalidation. And uh, I, know that, I know that you go especially hard. You went hard on me and a couple of the other guys who have done pickup stuff specifically so that like you you poke holes in all of our strategies or whatever it is that we have i don't know if that was intentional or not but i kind of knew that that was the thing <laughs> yeah yeah you just shrug your shoulders um i didn't know if that was intentional or not but i sort of was like actually you know what this is actually probably that's something that's good for that reason and it'll probably blow like like dynamite underneath whatever i was holding on to for example like like these, these extra bits that probably are keeping me more stuck in this frame of mind that I need to do something in order to be an attractive person. Like it's that, it's that thing. You have to do something in order to be an attractive person. Yeah. Here's the thing, but if, if you if you've made pickup art stuff part of your life and there's people you follow and, and it's giving you what you want and you've got this awesome life and you're dating mm -hmm. heaps of chicks or like with models or three, whatever, like, cool, keep fucking doing it. But I haven't met it. I haven't met anyone that it's working for. Um, yeah, and I've been around it for a while, you know. Um, yeah, there's a couple of guys I'm looking up to at the moment. I really respect Steve Maeda in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, one or two others. But, but yeah, few and far between. Um, yeah. and, and again, is that? something that the guys are doing wrong or is there something wrong in that kind of the belief and the yeah the the system or the ideology behind it yeah i think it's easy actually guys do these boot camps they do these courses they read the books they get the online stuff and then they don't implement or they don't get the results so they blame themselves and i think they end up even worse off and so then they've also created this other persona and this pickup guy or they've learned the stuff but they're still not feeling any better um so, so, yeah, is it something wrong with the guy or is it something wrong with the kind of ideology which, yeah, I lean towards? Yeah, I, I definitely think, because you mentioned Steve Maeda, like he's also done a couple of videos on how pickup can destroy your life. I think it's because a lot of, if you, if you don't feel like that you're, you're enough, and, and this is all stuff that's like come out in the last couple of months for me, especially. You put me on to Steve. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fucking you, you yeah. Yeah, um, I was determined. I was never going to call myself a dating coach or any of that, and I'm still not yeah. sure what I am. But uh, Aaron put me on to Steve Maeda, and yeah, his influence. I'm actually considering yeah. it because Steve actually told me about my first cult before I joined it. I saw him in a dating workshop. Oh, really? He's like, oh, I'm gonna check this yeah. cult out. <laughs> he kind of gave it a stamp of approval. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was real. Yeah, it was it was really funny too. Like on his on that podcast episode, uh, that one taste. Um, yeah. Cause, cause I think that it fits into like my, my self-destructive tendencies as well. Um, where if you're never enough, you're never doing enough and therefore you will, you will fucking push yourself to the absolute point of brink of destruction in order to 
follow that particular dream. And if it's not working well, then you're probably not trying hard enough. It's just an infinite like loop. It can just keep on going and going and going in, in guys' heads and stuff like that, which is why a lot of them give up. But then like for guys like me, like you start going down, you can, go, you can start going down some darker, darker rabbit holes in order to make it work. Like you'll do anything basically. Yeah. 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 I guess. Um, and the way I started to, to deep program him was um, just challenge some things about the authenticity of it. I think that the, one of the first times was we had a female trainer and um, Aaron kind of like, did this look and I like walked towards me and said, I just had to tell you, you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. And I just said, look, just stop, cut. Okay, look, she's cool, but is she the most beautiful girl in the world? And Aaron looked at me and goes, oh, and a bit sheepishly because he was still in front of the, the trainer. And he goes, well, no. I go, then why the fuck are you saying it, man? Like, why are you telling her she is? Like, just stop, bro. Stop trying. Just you're fucking good looking, kind, caring, cool fucking dude. Just do that, be that, you know, because there's girls out there looking for that. So if you're trying to be something else, even if you get the girl, but you're not being that, well, then you're probably not into her anyway. Yeah. Um, more and more, I'm getting like anti-bar, anti-nightclub, anti pretty much everything the pickup stuff is saying, because I just find it fucking ridiculous. It's, uh, mm-hmm. If you don't like nightclubs, if you don't feel like energized or fun, or you enjoy that kind of superficial kind of interacting with others, then why the fuck are you going to them? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Pick up frame. I think what, actually we were talking about this in the last episode. Uh, pick up gives guys like a clear framework, so it's easy on their minds. Like, oh, you just have to go to the nightclub every Friday and Saturday and talk to everyone, and then you'll love yourself. I mean, if you're not going to do that, because I agree, like if you don't want to go to the nightclub, it's kind of it's a lot harder because like you don't you kind of just have to live your life. <laughs> like you can't like follow an instruction manual. Well, it, it, even if you do go, you're competing against some guys that probably are energized in that environment and do want to be there and do kind of get the more, you know, like the ritual of it. Uh, so you're going into an environment where you're not at your best, you're not comfortable, you don't enjoy being, enjoy it, and then you're also competing, but you're competing against guys for the attention of these women. Um, yeah, so, so you're already on the back foot. And then I think here's the problem, like humans, the brain's designed to avoid pain. So if you don't want to be there, you're not the most confident, it's going to hurt and you're not going to go that well. And so one of our guys did, did a, I won't say the name, but one of the, the top kind of dating companies in the world did their boot camp. And their advice to him when he finished was to uh, go to nightclubs every day, every night for 60 nights. It's fucking ridiculous. Like the guy's a, a science teacher. I ended up doing like a values, like a little values test. And, you know, he, he wants a relationship. He wants a kind, educated, kind of funny, quirky kind of girl. So, so why the fuck's he going to like the establishment and the Ivy, you know, for 60 days? It's just really like, and maybe there's some of those girls there, but if we're just talking like strict, I like using the word like just percentages. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like in terms of like, more tactical art of war or whatever, but um, is your highest percentage chance of finding that type of girl going to a nightclub at one o'clock in the morning where the values, and again, not for everybody, but it's more, the values there, they're not relationships. They're not, you know, 
intellect or like yeah spirituality it's it's fun it's party it's kind of that superficial yeah value system yeah on the flip side of well i worked in nightclubs for 10 years you know and um Part of that was when I was trying to get good at this stuff. And uh, I'd read the game back in the day. I've got pictures of like me with mystery and, and style. Like, <laughs> I must be like mid 90s. Oh, no, it would have been two, sorry, mid 2000s. Uh, like, yeah, 2005 or something. And um, I was, I, I've tried, man. Like, I've done thousands of thousands of trying to kind of PUA like stuff. And I've, like, you know, they're like, depends what you call well, but. Um, for the most part, I just don't think it works, you know, and I haven't seen too much. It hasn't given me meaning or purpose, you know, I guess is, is where I'm going with that. Right, right. Because um, I don't fucking like nightclubs. I don't like nightclubs, man. <laughs> and so there's a good, good fucking, there's a high chance that the girls that are loving that environment and loving that kind of thing, they're not, they're not my like soulmate, you know, because we're just into different shit. Like I'd much rather just go to bed by ten o'clock and get up and do yoga and, and go to the, you know out in nature or or cook, man. Like I like cooking. Like give me a chick that likes to cook, you know, and that's fun for me. You know? yeah. Dancing in a nightclub where you can't speak properly. Like you got a bunch of drunken idiots dressed in their nice clothes, just but have to like God knows drink and then everything else to like talk to each other. Oh, it's just it's just a wank. For, for me, you know, and if you love nightclubs, cool, keep going to them. But, uh, yeah, I think that's true fine. for a lot of guys, you know, they're yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. Uh, but on the flip side, because uh, I remember Aaron was saying, I think you guys were probably doing something shamanic, maybe it sounded like where something about like hunters and tactics and strategy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, we did a little bit like a mini ritual, really, like with the sage and stuff. If you remember, Rich, like basically, study, yeah. Yeah, tripping to the subconscious. And like, uh, and part of that was like reconnecting. Part of it that came out of me, and I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it until it happened. It was like sort of slightly more woo-woo. But like you were asking me like, what, yeah, what, what was coming up for me? Like when I was in that place, where it was like the happy place or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, the part that was like, that came out was like, whether it's a past life or whatever it is, it's like part of me that's a hunter, like the archetype, that particular part. And uh, and then Rich said, you know, and you said uh, hunters use tactics and strategy to like get what they want and, or like just tactics and strategy. And that sort of feeds into this where it's like, it's like, what do you want? What's the best chance of getting there, getting that? And a part that you added a little bit later when we were talking about like sort of getting rejected, getting rejected by this one girl, which really sort of met, like I was for some reason I was like messed up by it, and you were just like, and I said, and I told you, yeah, the hunters using tactics and strategies really resonated with me, and you added on, yeah, but he does so with an open heart, knowing that even if he doesn't catch anything today, it's okay. The universe is unfolding exactly as it should, and then that sort of stuff in my subconscious as well, like even though we were just on the phone, because that was like. Like Ruan's doing an archetype like class at the moment, and but that's what struck me is like this this idea that you do you you do use your intellect and you use your strategy if you want to find the girls that are right, but it's okay if you don't find don't find anything right away or it doesn't work out 
because that's bit brought a lot of peace to me. I think it's like, I think it's like the missing piece from a lot of the dating advice from for guys where it's like constantly because they're probably trying to sell stuff, they're constantly being told, well, you're clearly not doing this aspect or you're not doing this or you're not doing this. Like, and they create Venn diagrams and shit to explain why they're not getting the success they want. But really, it's just like, maybe just tweak a couple of things mm-hmm. and, uh, and relax into the process. You know, it's very, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. We're not telling women that they're the most uh, beautiful women in the world. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Not right off the bat. No, that's right. Well, unless she is. Unless she is, yeah. yeah she's the most beautiful girl you're seeing. But, but also, like, just look for what does she have that is the best that you've experienced for her? You know, like, what's her unique kind of expression of femininity or, or beauty? Um, I'm careful to say, like, hunting and like tactics because I know that can be taken out of um, context pretty easily, but I think it's, um, it is a man's job to kind of um, man's job. I think it's a woman's job to go for what they want as well. Um, So if a woman doesn't enjoy like nightclubs or doesn't enjoy those type of guys or the attention she's getting, stop fucking going to them, you know, like, because women have been fed as much lies and bullshit, like as the guys have. But um, when I say hunting and, and the second piece of it is like, and I think this is where I'm trying to differentiate myself from the pickup guys. I'm not trying to take anything, you know? It's how do you get to a place where you're offering strength and, you know, like all the good stuff, man, all the good men for, for a long time, but we're protectors. But now I feel like we've been turned into, you know, predators and it's not nice. I, um, I've been in martial arts for 15 years. Like I said, I was a, since the security industry for 10 years. And it's sad because I always felt like I was a protector. I've saved so many people from being hurt physically. I've stopped, you know, girls from guys taking advantage. Like countless incidents I've, I've stopped. Um, yeah, when, when violence is happening, I'll be the guy running towards it to like break it up. Standing between two guys I don't fucking know, risking getting punched in the face to stop them from hitting each other. Like I've done that thousands of times. Um, so, so when I say like tactics and hunting, yeah, you're trying to position yourself and you're trying to get like um, these amazing women and the ones that, like I said, my friend that, that's into, he's an intellectual guy and he's um, caring and kind. Well, where, where are those types of girls? Like go and do, fuck. And at the moment he's going to like language meetups because uh, he also speaks Spanish. He lived in Colombia. So he lived in Colombia for two years. He speaks Spanish. Um, but he, he's a kind, super intellectual kind of guy, educate, edu- massively educated. He's a teacher. Um, but he, he's never going to, he's never going to like really be some crazy ladies' man in the establishment and stuff because most girls that are there, they're not looking for the kind-hearted fucking science teacher, super educated dude, man. Like they're out for, and maybe I'm wrong and they can argue whatever, but uh, yeah. So, so it's, you know, where, yeah. it sounds so ridiculous, but yeah, do you, do you see where, where I find like this mind where I just, I, I can't comprehend it? Like, because it seems so simple but yet everybody's still square peg, round hole, square peg, round hole. I've just got all these pickup guys. They're getting these dudes that don't like nightclubs, aren't the most social dudes. And they're telling them that they're supposed to, 
learn these secrets, tricks and fucking conversation things, go to the top tier, highest, you know, value nightclubs, and then approach the top tier, highest value women in those nightclubs and not only have conversation, but like take them home that night or do some other like bullshit or, you know, make out with them in the club. It's, it's fucking crazy. And some of these guys aren't even comfortable like having a chat to someone in a supermarket or, mm. yeah. So I just think it's not how you would teach someone in any other field. Mm. If, if you wanted to learn violin, I could, well, I don't know anything about fucking violin, but if you want to learn boxing or jujitsu, I could teach you everything I know in three days in my little boot camp, but I wouldn't enter you into the Olympics on Monday. I wouldn't enter you into a professional fight because you'd get bashed. But that's what they're all doing. They're, they're like, here, take this. This is what I learned over 12 years. And then go jump in, in a professional fight. And maybe, maybe the guys that kind of last and just keep grinding and grinding. And if we use the fight metaphor, a guy could have 50, 100 fights without doing any actual skills training. And he'd probably be a tough dude at the end of it. But if he had 100 guys, there'd only be maybe one or two that would actually last that kind of um, trial of fire. Uh, because it's not how we fucking learn. It's not how anyone teaches in any other kind of field. We learn incrementally over time and it's about developing what are the core skills and things that are going to help you to be a better communicator, to be a better man, to be a more confident guy. And for me, that's what are you actually passionate about? You know, what, um, what lights you up? So if you're not that comfortable in nightclubs, where are you the most comfortable or at least, or at least like where are you the least uncomfortable where there's going to be kind of attractive women that tick some of those boxes for you? And um, that could be, man they're everywhere like dancing yoga like all these cool things yeah yeah i like the fighting metaphor i'm actually curious about it as not a metaphor because it sounds like you probably gained a lot from martial arts and like breaking up fights in nightclubs and stuff and like this is something i've thought about with the mask and archetype a lot like up until a couple hundred years ago men had to battle physically the elements or barbarians or stuff like that you know you can you can romanticize it but it's something that's like uh, the modern man is allowed to be soft. Like there's a man has a choice if he wants to deal with stress or not. I'm curious, like if you have a take on like the, the brutal side of masculinity, if there is a connection there or what, what your take is on that. Yeah. I, um, I think it's too easy for people to say something they love is for everybody. So I don't think necessarily think, you know, martial arts or whatever is for everyone. Um, I was bullied heaps, man. Like when I was younger, ended up having a bunch of self-esteem issues. I mentioned I was in rehab by 22. I, um, I got out of there and actually found a book. It was recommended to me in, um, by this kind of 70-year-old Kung Fu master that used to wear like purple silk pajamas. He was a legend. And um, anyway, the book was by this uh, English doorman called Jeff Thompson. It was called Watch My Back. And... Uh, He'd had some similar things and a bit of, um, yeah, some bad shit happened when he was young, but he didn't want to go through life feeling like a coward. And so he committed to, um, like exposure therapy and psychology, force yourself into situations where you'll have to be confronted with violence. And so I essentially modeled him at the time. I was um, about to start an, um, starting to be an EN. So I was working as a wardsman in a hospital. I knew I'd wanted to help people. So I'd got a job working as a nurse assistant in a um, Royal Prince Alfred Hospital. Anyway, I quit that man to become a fucking nightclub doorman. Everyone told me I was insane, quitting a good government job. Um, started studying boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, 
uh, some other martial arts and um, yeah, just became a doorman, man. Spent like 10 years. When I'd get comfortable in one venue, I'd go to a, a tougher, rougher venue. Um, yeah, and I had like hundreds, I probably had hundreds of kind of fights and um, thousands of confrontations. And for every fight I've had, there'd be a thousand or two where I've been able to communicate and talk someone out. Um, but here's the thing, it's kind of like that, um, I kind of proved what I wanted to. I got really comfortable with violence and desensitized to a lot of things. Um, just as I got pretty good at kind of, desensitizing, walking up to girls in a nightclub and trying to use my pickup kind of tactics. But there's a hell of a lot better ways I could have done it. And I basically found a way to kind of re-traumatize myself over and over again. And for me, that was working in the security industry. Um, and maybe that's what inspired, because I think that's what's happening as well. Like a lot of, it sounds over dramatic, but um, for a lot of dudes, man, like it's, it's causing trauma um what this pickup people are saying and not only are the dudes getting traumatized like a lot of the stuff that's happening they're 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 traumatizing girls like you don't know what, yeah girls are wired differently man like yeah yeah i've seen some stuff that that's it's it's fucking it's harassment you know so what some guys are doing out there and they're thinking it's okay and they're they're proud of themselves because they've done 10 approaches or 12 approaches or i approached five people on the street what you did was fucking harass someone man and you don't know her background you don't know if she ha does have a history of trauma um you've potentially caused her like psychological harm and, and no one's talking about that and no one seems to give a fuck they're not considering the impact they're having on other people and i think that's really wrong and it's the same with um because I think that's part of the, the sales pitch or the illusion. You don't have to be or, or change anything about yourself. You've just got to learn this stuff. But I think that's wrong. If you want the most beautiful women, then why? Like, why, what the fuck do you just, why do you deserve her? Like, I think you should deserve her. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you need to be a millionaire, but you should have phenomenal kind of values. You should be at least on your way to being a millionaire and determined to have like a, a you know, a high value life or, um, and that doesn't have to be a dollar value, but you could just like be the best at whatever you're doing, become a fucking high value dude. Otherwise, why the fuck do you think you deserve the prettiest girl to go home with you? Like, it's, it's stupid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Steve yeah. Miami talks about that a lot. Like, uh, pickup is kind of a way of cheating the system so you don't mm -hmm. get the, the woman that you deserve to be with as opposed to deserving more. So, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to harp on it too much, but I'm really curious because you probably don't. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I go off on tangents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I love it. Um, you're, you're probably the only coach I've met. Actually, you're probably the only coach I've met who's uh, been a bar, uh, sorry, a doorman, or you know, who's been in like stressful situations like that that much. Which I think is really interesting because in men's coaching, uh, the the warrior, the word warrior gets thrown around a lot. Sometimes even in the most soft, like like effeminate men's weekends, like we're like we're warriors, like we're painting our faces and yelling, and that's making us warriors. Like, no, how about actually dealing with real stress? And I'm not saying people should enter violence, but it sounds like you've got a unique education in in grounding tension in these nightclubs. I'm wondering is if if that's if if someone came to you and says they want to do that, what you did, would you recommend it to them? For, for growth purposes read the book there's a book called um 
I'll write the book myself one day. But, uh, the book, Jeff Thompson, it's called Watch My Back. He has some other amazing, he, probably one of the best uh, self-development that's grounded. He's, he's written a book called Warrior, which came out a few years after. But, um, but the, his, his autobiography was uh, Watch My Back by Jeff Thompson. And um, I read that book again a couple of years later. And I remember just thinking, like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> reading this and, and thinking it was a good idea it's all about like dudes getting glassed in the face and like just yeah the fights and the stress and the, you know um when when was, did you read that rich how old were you yeah i think i was 23 when i started yeah. yeah 22 or 23 when i read it my first nightclub was um you know i was probably 75 maybe 80 kilos skinny little white kid and uh, <laughs> I was on a team with like 11 kind of Polynesian big like Pacific Islanders <laughs> well there wouldn't have been one of them that was under 100 kilos and so obviously whenever someone wanted to fight or, or like tell people to get fucked um, they'd see the 10 Islanders and then they'd see you know the skinny white guy so it was usually me that cocked like the, the barrage and yeah I don't think they ever, anyone expected me to last very long but um yeah, I stuck it out. I still remember my first night. I had this guy who's like six foot eight telling me he's going to kill me. Someone had pushed his wife down the stairs and kicked her in the head. Mm. Uh, so he's just telling me to get out of his way. Or he's going to fucking kill me. And uh, everything I'd trained and like read and learned kind of went out the window. And I did everything wrong except for I didn't move out of the way. And uh, I was so fucking terrified. My knees were shaking. Uh, but, I, but I held my ground, which was, yeah, all I could do. Yeah. Um, and then... Again, I, I thought you think back, like fast forward 10 years and I remember kind of when I read the book again, contemplating on this, that I'd been through a different situation, just how, how differently I did handle it and how relaxed I was. And I ended up taking that guy to the ground and controlling him. But um, yeah, it's definitely taught me a lot of things. I, I, yeah, excuse me, that, that I wouldn't have learned any other way. But, um, but yeah, but also probably knocked some years off my life and and I ended up relapsing a lot man and while I was doing that and I've, I've made every mistake in life you can make you know but um I'm six years kind of sober now so that's pretty cool and um I've got a lot of kind of yeah I'm happy I'm guess I'm getting happier with who I am and and these insights and I'm, I'm moving now more into counseling I left security I kind of did realize that it's um essentially is re-traumatizing myself and it's not for me and I'll never I'll never go back I still do some training for a company, so I train some of their guys how to remove people without kind of hurting them. I think that's important. Look, with the whole warrior stuff, most people underestimate fighting. I do like fighting, and I kind of it's a, it's a rush and it's cool, but um, they just don't realize how bad it is, and it, it's not like you can even do jujitsu, man. You can do jujitsu, or you can do like a martial art. A real fight is it's different, man. It, it's just fast and you're not thinking the same like it's and it can be really fucking ugly and um yeah it can be really ugly and the consequences can be really bad you know there's um yeah it can be really horrible it's it's not cool um it's cool and i think the vast majority of modern men are completely underprepared for that and yeah they just and they're even more so like they actually think they are prepared which is even scarier yeah um, 
It's really funny. I don't know, maybe not funny, but how many guys think they can fight and they've never been even in a boxing ring or a jujitsu mat. They just assume that they can fight, especially when they have a couple beers. It's like, oh yeah, of course I could kick that guy's ass. Like, I mean, so a trained fighter is a trained fighter is a a scary thing. Like even Hmm. you watch the UFC and it looks kind of easy or like they're trading blows and people don't realize just how conditioned and tough these people are. Like these are fucking, yeah. if they hit a normal person, like there's a good chance they would kill that person. <laughs> like because yeah. their neck's not conditioned. They're not like rolling with it. Like, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even little things like, uh, I, I boxed growing up. Uh, I was like, it was a great outlet. It was a source of self-esteem, I think. And then many years later, I kickboxed for the very first time thinking, Oh, this is just boxing with leg with legs. I got leg kicked for the first time. I was like, holy shit, like getting kicked in the leg hurts so much more than I expected. Like the, to see the UFC yeah. where they get kicked like 20 times in the leg is like so much different than getting like a hook to the face. Like there's something about that pain. If you're not conditioned, it's crazy. You know, one leg kick yeah. could probably take out the average person. Mm. Yeah. But look, I say I've had a few hundred kind of street fights, but they're not real fights, man. Like I followed a formula. <laughs> My formula is that I'm... Um, always train and then when you're working always be sober and the most important one is always be nice to people which i kind of stole from that um would have been like an 80s patrick swayze roadhouse film like just rule number one be nice you know until it's time not to be nice it's like the greatest like 30 seconds of cinema ever done but um if you're doing those things right and if you're nice and respectful to people if you're not like some ego egotistical wanker bouncer which there's a lot of those as well but if you're nice to someone, say, look, man, I'm sorry, brother. I can't let you in. Or however you say, look, I can't do it. Da, da, da. I apologize. I'm really sorry. If they still want to fight you, then there's a good chance they're intoxicated. And there's also a good chance they're not a very disciplined person, you know, which would say they're probably not highly trained in martial arts as well. So if you're training consistently with good people, you're sober, you know what I mean? You're going to fight, excuse me, and you're being nice, well, then the chances are you're fighting a guy that isn't trained and is intoxicated. And so it's not, yeah, it's, it's more likely than not. It's, it's not a fight, man. It's, and as well, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sneaky, you know, like I, I know some couple of things that can kind of control a person very quickly and, and end a fight really quickly. But, um, but that said, then sometimes you just have big, scary ice is another, another game as well. So you got a 110 kilo dude, bikey guy or just 110 kilo like construction worker on fucking meth that's been smoking and it just they can go from naught to 100 in terms of aggression and you're still at like 10 or 20 trying to catch up and that's kind of this is again this thing about violence that people don't understand like in a boxing ring you know you have a boxing fight and you kind of warm up or you dance around a little bit real violence it's naught to 100 it's really fucking quick and the person that can calibrate and get to that point and use aggression and strength and they're the guy that's going to win unless they're we're fighting someone that can kind of ride the storm and then that person gasses themselves and so there's little things but yeah but really you want to be aggressive you want to fucking hit hard hit fast and just control them and shut down any options they have as quickly as possible and um yeah but also be aware that their mate might want to come and kick you in the face at the same time <laughs> it's like all these things going on and you don't think the same people assume that they're going to be thinking and this is where i think it's interesting sorry to go on this chant tell me to no, no, great. i think it's interesting 
especially when you see like people getting charged with stuff or in terms of like people going to court for assault, it's almost this assumption that the person was thinking rationally. But when you're in these situations, you're not thinking kind of rationally. And I think that's important, especially if you've got alcohol or other drugs involved. Um, yeah, often like, um, yeah, people aren't made, they're not thinking, oh, I'm going to sneak up behind him and punch him in the back of the head and kill him. You know, like it's some weird animal brain or whatever you want to call it instinct has taken over um so then is it fair to then judge somebody as if they were making a rational choice i don't know um, yeah. and this is again where i say i didn't want to be a dating coach but i think a lot of stuff can be i do see this dating coach as like a a way to introduce people to a lot of things that can do a lot of good because if people aren't as insecure if they're not, um, like if they're looking after themselves, eating healthy, exercising, they're not going to be running around getting drunk and doing dumb shit and, and hurting people or smashing their car or hurting their girlfriend or just doing dumb stuff. Like, I just think that the getting better with women is a nice little kind of um, shiny thing to get people to introduce them to these ideas of, I love saying being disciplined by love. So how do you what Aaron was kind of paraphrasing before, you know, you have goals, you, you strive to be your best, but you do so knowing that you're never going to be more than you already are. Um, yeah. I think I'm actually stealing that from like a book. Um, I think it's The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, which was one of these, a book I read after the Watch My Back, which is probably pretty good. So even as a bounce look, I, I, I tried, I was a bit cheeky, um, but more often than not, I was known for being a good communicator and someone that would talk people away and, I'd do jokes, man, and I'd talk about like baby Jesus and I'd hug people. And especially when I was at the Ivy back in the day, guards would like they'd see me walk someone out and I'd shake their hand, give them a hug, and say, I'll see you, mate. You know, have a good night, brother. Look, you know, come back next time. We'll, I'll see you again, okay? And then I'd go back to the, the guys on the door with these, you know, big units and I'd say, Oh, yeah, he's out for the night. He's, he's wasted. And they go, Oh, I thought it was your mate, you know? <laughs> that's, me. that's the game, I think. That's, that's the art of it, which. I think security is a science and it's an art and it's kind of been lost. You know, they, they brought in new laws and um, it's just changed now. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of a lost art. So I think I was really, really blessed to kind of work with some guys that still had that knowledge and that science. And um, yeah, I don't see too many of them left around. You've got like one or two in some of the big venues that are usually the head of security and they're the guys that have got that knowledge and they've been around for 10, 20, 20 or so years. But um for the most part, that like um, it's just it's all gone. Now you've got like all the managers doing the removals, and you've got to let everybody in unless they're intoxicated, and you know like you can't discriminate, and you can't let someone in because of the shoes or the shoe thing. Like you know they used to say you can't come in because of your shoes. Like um, it had merit. Like if if you're that much of a peanut where you can't like wear a decent pair of shoes and like you're getting kicked out, but yeah, and the whole thing as well. Like, I used to joke say like. I'm not an asshole. I'm just being an asshole to that person because sometimes you want them to think you're an asshole because you don't want them to come back. Like because are they? You wouldn't let everyone into your house, so why why should you be expected to let everyone into a bar? And once upon a time, it was the doorman's job, and they did it well. And it's been lost, and people are wondering why nightclubs aren't as fun. Well, they're not as fun because you've taken that ability away from the doorman, and, and you've told them that you know you're letting managers that don't understand social dynamics because. There should never be a fight inside a nightclub if you've done your job properly on the front door. That's why you'd always find your best got two doorman or your best doorman on the front door because 
they're stopping anything that could cause a problem inside from ever coming in. So mm-hmm. fights should only happen on the front door. They're also like filtering the crowd. So you let one like douchebag in and he's going to go and annoy 10 girls and they're not going to complain more often than not. They're just going to leave and they're never going to come back to that venue. You know? So, yeah, so that's my kind of take on it. Wait, I, 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 did something change where like uh, you can't discriminate based on shoes? Is that like a thing that changed? Oh, no, it's like there's no dress codes really very much. Um, yeah, they, they don't want you to, unless the person's actually intoxicated, they don't want you to discriminate or, you know, because it's, oh, he's discriminating and that kind of thing. But, um, I don't want to use the word discriminate, but like you should use discernment. There should, there should be discernment if you're trying to have a particular kind of, but maybe it does get, you know, into that territory of, I don't know, man, I'm just here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to go back to something you said earlier. Um, you were saying that you got obsessed. I think we were talking about the cults, uh, you know, before. Um, and I'm wondering what you think about obsession, maybe as a virtue, because I think a lot of people view it as this negative thing. But it's like such like almost, I mean, it's very tied to masculinity, but testosterone in many ways of like going so deep on a thing. I'm, I'm curious what you, what you think about that. What, I, um, what I'm trying to do at the moment, and I believe you find the people that are obsessed, like the crazy people, like the nuts or like the super eccentric people, and then um, that 80-20 rule, kind of that Pareto distribution, how do you take the 20% that's probably the genius that will give you the 80% of the result that you want and then kind of leave the other 80%? Um, yeah. I don't know if obsession is good. Um, I don't know. I guess everything, any word can be taken how you define it, but obsession. For me, it's kind of the cult thing, though, of obsession. Like, if you're obsessed with something, it's not truth. You're ignoring things, you know, like, um, and I think that's really dangerous. Because for me, if you're obsessed, then you've, you've done this, and so you, you're not going to see things. Um, so I think obsession probably is bad. And then no one wants to you don't want a girl to be obsessed with you you don't want a guy to be obsessed with a girl i don't think obsession is powerful well the way you used it before it sounded like you're able to go really deep with something i mean yeah i guess it's how you define it uh i think the context yeah. of using it before seemed sounded positive and interesting yeah look i'm obsessed but i don't think it's healthy man <laughs> all right <laughs> at the moment I'm, I'm finishing up a bachelor degree in like uh counseling and positive psychology so like coaching and i also do i call it a degree but it's like a, uh, a yoga therapy like a full-time two-year course i'm um you know like in a couple of like i'm doing a catering thing for this bdsm i'm trying to infiltrate this kind of bdsm um yeah i shouldn't say that i'm fucking so <laughs> no, it's, fine. it's a major topic yeah no, I don't want them to know I'm infiltrating. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, so what, ha- what happened, I- I'm working with a life coach and he made me promise not to um, pay for any more self-development courses until I finished my degree. And so I found a way to um, get people to like either to go on as a trainee or as a volunteer, but finding ways to make like for them to pay me to do their courses. <laughs> so yeah. It was like my loophole. So I just go like volunteer and work for like different kind of, self-development courses and stuff so I can get the content and, and um, mm-hmm. still like, yeah, do what's asked of me. Um, 
but I guess what I was going at, like, I'm, I'm doing all this kind of stuff, man. Um, and, and Aaron kind of hinted at it earlier. Like, I hated my stuff for a long time. You know, I really felt I was worthless. And um, I started to get that glimpse that, you know, maybe self-development could help me. But now it's like, it's helped a bit. But I'm almost like afraid to let go of the self-hate because it kind of gives me an edge. If I start feeling I'm enough, will, will I stop kind of growing? But um, you can't like beat yourself up into self-love, man. You can't hate yourself into worth. It's, um, it just doesn't work. And so I'm still doing all this stuff, man. And sometimes I just wonder like, why am I even doing it? Um, and I, I believe it'll, it's leading somewhere, but um, I, I wouldn't recommend people <laughs> do things the way I did, man. Like I made them so much harder and painful and long and, yeah, maybe do like six months or a year in the security and kind of get a glimpse and learn because it teaches you. Security is phenomenal, man. You just, you're around so many different events and types of people and you learn to read people really well, especially if you're, if you end up on a, on a front door or a good door, you learn from these guys through these experiences. You've got seven seconds to kind of get a read of someone and decide if they're going to go in and be cool or if they're going to go in and kind of trash the joint. Um, and so, yes, yeah, same with all the other stuff, man. Look, yeah, get obsessed. <laughs> get obsessed with something. <laughs> but um, but it's not going to make you happy. None of this shit makes you happy. Getting the models isn't going to make you happy, man. Or getting the fucking Land Rover or the the mansion. Or, um, and every holy book said all this stuff, man. All the like great thinkers have told, told us that. That's that quote, you know, from the uh, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. You may or may not achieve your goals. Either way, you're already enough. Um, so it's how do you get to that and... Um, obsession is probably not the path because you too the problem with the obsession stuff as well and you see it a lot is people it becomes their identity and so once they're invested it's hard for them to um you can't see truth when you're obsessed because you, you're fucking obsessed you know um and, and if your identity is tied up in whatever you were obsessed with and it turns out that what you're obsessed with was a load of shit well it's going to be harder for you to fucking you know yeah get back to truth, I guess. Yeah. And that's probably why it was a bit hard on Aaron at first, you know, because he was invested, and I won't say obsessed, but he was invested in, in some of the pickup stuff and his identity, and um, which is cool, you know, but like, and I think it helped you for a time and, and maybe, you know, it's helped me for a time, but um, sometimes you need a bit of a yeah. fucking... <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've definitely been talking about that a lot, purely because, like, yeah, the identity thing, because, and I've sort of said, and we, we, we're talking about, I mentioned this in one of the confidence culture, like, many events, where, like, a lot of people, like, so many people talk shit about pickup artists, and, and you give, like, actually rational reasons for it. A lot of people just lump hate for no, because they're just like, oh, it's creepy, oh, my God. But a lot of guys, and this goes back to the masculinity thing, like, there's no rights of passage for guys anymore, like we've been talking yeah. about. And that leads to a lack of identity, which then leads to all the things we're talking about with, you know, getting drunk in fucking nightclubs, trying to pick up the fucking tent because there's nothing, there's, there's literally nothing that these guys have. And I know this from my experience, like all the things that I've been told as a kid that should have meaning for me didn't have meaning. So what do, what do I have? Or, or and, and on top of that, like I wasn't conditioned to know, you know, be secure in myself so it's like these two 
there's the societal element and there's the individual element. And finally, like for a lot of guys, the pickup stuff gives them an identity that is a, is, is the closest thing to a rite of passage that we can possibly have because you're doing something that is um, grounding tension, you know, without the risk of potentially getting kicked in the face, like unless the girl's wearing stilettos or something like that. Yeah. Like if you're really bad, if you're really bad, like. If you I think pickup's cool, man. I like pickup, and it's because it's hard. So I think a lot of people would hate on it because um, they're scared to do it themselves. Yeah. Like it's fucking hard. Man. Like it's it's hard. Like it's putting your balls on the line and going up to a girl. Um, I guess my take on it, and um, my problem with in the whole of oh, the game, or I'm learning the game, or I'm good at the game. If you're playing a game, for me, the presupposition there is that there's a winner and a loser. So, so which one are you? So even if you're the winner and you get the girl, what does that mean? She's the loser. And so you, what, you're going to fuck a loser. So yeah. I'm, what I'm trying to, oh, man, I've got to be careful as well because we haven't like registered a business name or anything. And I think confidence <laughs> culture's taken as well. <laughs> or the domain was taken. So we don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like a backyard operation at the moment, but we seem to be getting results and helping people. So that's cool. But um, I'm trying to teach life, man. And we've got to understand cool pick up but what do you have to offer and um also be aware do they want what you're selling like so be aware that this is life it's real people real emotions and um i do believe in karma you know like i'm doing a lot of yoga um if cool you know like learn about sex learn about being masculine being a man and how to protect a woman and offer them that offer them your passion and your purpose and be kind and loving and generous and um and even if you just want like kind of casual sex, there's women that want that. So just be upfront about that and say that's what you want. And there'll be women that want that. And that's cool. Uh, but do it through a way of being genuine and honest and communicating. Because um, if you're not, then yeah, like people are going to get hurt. You're going to hurt people, you know? And, uh, and that's not cool, I don't think. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Because... Cool. Uh, I think, um, like, yeah, like that, that's with the sort of deprogramming thing. I think that there's another step, and this is something that I've been trying to think out about as well. Is like, yeah, there is a point where a guy has to transition because otherwise, you, there's a step that I was looking for, and I thought it was either even deeper into like more, I don't know, you could say manipulative type type of pickup stuff. Yeah. But it obviously wasn't that. It was the congruence or you know this that I was missing like part of love which was like you said it's like it was getting good at life it was getting good at uh figuring out who I was but that said like that that always comes secondary because a lot of guys you know they that the first thing that they want is like well I can't even talk to girls so what is there for me to get good at what reason is there and that's where they sort of short circuit yeah um, yeah, but if, yeah. You know, if they don't like themselves, well, why are they expecting other people to, you know? Yeah. And this, this is what, I don't want to say it um, so matter-of-factly, but are the guys that are getting good at this, are they just getting good at, at, at attracting people with trauma or, or people that are, you know, like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't, it's harsh, it's hard to say without like, um, you know, speaking badly about, about some groups of people, but um, yeah, I, I guess um, 
for one, I don't even see that many people that are actually good at it. But then the ones that are like claiming all this stuff, like have they just gotten really good at manipulating or, or getting a kind of outcome from a group of people that, again, is that what you really want? You know, and if you want kind of good connection, relationships, or even like amazing sex, once you've done like, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, like you've gone into like the tantra sex and the great sex, like a random girl at a nightclub, man, like it's it's weird and it's awkward and it's not like amazing fucking, yeah, like it's not, it's not, it's just no comparison. Mm. Yeah. My experience. Yeah. So this, this is, uh, this might be our last set of tangents. Um, yeah. Good. Aside from the pickup stuff, is there something you see often in the guys who, who you work with, or maybe just men in general, that people that men need now that maybe is new to this era? Look, I don't think it's, and most people do a cookie cutter approach because they're trying to sell something. So they're trying to sell a fucking process or a ten steps or a three day boot camp or a workshop or whatever. But um. It's 2019, you know, so um, there's a lot of pressures on men and women, but but how, so I think, I guess it's, uh, such a fucking cliche, but balance. Like I think um, th- there are some amazing qualities from the past for being a man. I think you, you sh- can, I think stoicism is amazing. I think being strong, being able to protect is cool. Um, but then, I also love cooking, man, and you know, I'm doing yoga and then that kind of stuff's amazing. Um, getting in touch is like, call, call it feminine or, so, so find some balance. Like if you're a super gentle dude, well, maybe you do need, it could, I won't say need to, but maybe it could be cool to get in touch with your mongrel. So go and do a real martial arts, some boxing, some fucking wrestling where you're sweating and you're going to get some cauliflower ears or some like, blood nose or you know a little split on your eye that's shit's cool that's gonna build how do we build confidence and confidence is fucking real like my favorite quote i kept it written on the board ego was stolen and confidence is earned so i think a lot of this pickup stuff they're trying to take a more egoic approach like you can you can get this without having to earn your stripes i believe do your fucking apprenticeship um i went through security and it was like a trade you had to earn your stripes and you had to work your way up um yeah, and, and the only way you did that was by, yeah, putting in putting in the time. Um, I think people want to. This is this whole like, um, yeah, the, the new marketing kind of position yourself as the expert. And well, if you're not the expert, don't fucking position yourself as the expert. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, earn your stripes. I don't, I don't. Everyone's in a rush to like, yeah, everyone's in a rush. Just like, um, yeah, don't be in a rush. Just, yeah, do the work. It's not about finding the girl. It's about be the man that deserves her, I think. Um, yeah, but then you've also got to take action. Yeah, awesome, man. Did that answer, did that answer anything? Yeah, or just I open so. up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot the question, but I think that's a good way to end. What do, uh, what do men need? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that answered it. Yeah, um, yeah well, it's, it's been great. It's been great meeting you. I think truth, man. Like, they need to, like, this reality check. I guess is something um, you can get whatever you want, but you just got to do the fucking work for it. But mm-hmm. I don't know if, if everyone wants that. I think some people do want the, you know, like the, the easy magical. Yeah. But, um, but there's no, yeah, that stuff doesn't last. And I think that's the problem with the immersion bootcamp model. Like um, 
you forget 80% of it within a couple of days. Like learning, there's no magic beans. It's over time. It's incrementally. And you need a group, man. You need like a, a group of people around you. And the science coming out. Now, if you're working on a problem or a challenge by yourself, you get cortisol and um, uh, adrenaline, these stress hormones release. If you're working on a problem with a group, you two guys get together, like start brainstorming. It actually releases um, oxytocin and uh, what's the other good ones? Endorphins in the brain. So, so you're getting these positive chemicals. Even though you're working on a hardship or a struggle or a problem, you're getting positive chemicals released in the brain. So I think that's a big piece. Um, because getting good with women is challenging, but if you can do it with a cool team around you and like make it incremental, build yourself up, be supported, then that's healthy. That's life-giving. It doesn't have to be like some weird traumatic thing that you got to force yourself through. Because if you do that, even if you get there, you're going to end up fucking weird and traumatized anyway. So it's, it's how do you make the process fun and, and yeah, just fucking cool. And then, <laughs> How can people find out more about you? Oh, brother. Um, pretty secret squirrel at the moment. Um, they need a special invite from Trinity. Yeah, like it's all been like, I've literally done no marketing. Um, yeah, maybe just hit me up on Facebook, Richard Peard. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the best way. Or hit you guys up and then like send them to yeah. me. Definitely. I'm not for everyone. I'm really not for everyone. Like I've probably told just as many people to fuck off as that's how like welcome to. <laughs> I'm not trying to pretend. I'm not here to help everyone, man. Um, yeah. 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 yeah not awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, Worst yeah. sales pitch. Worst sales pitch ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write something nice about you. <laughs> That'll be a challenge. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to rwando.com. Catch me on social media at rwando. And please do not forget to subscribe.